Hello there, this is uh, Dr. Alan Hedberg and this is the Psychology Report. Today I'd like to uh, raise a question that is important to all families, but certainly to parents. And that is, are you raising your child today in a well, as a well-balanced child, in a world that is not very balanced, a world of stress, if you will? Are you raising your child to be a well-balanced child? in a world that is unbalanced? That's the question. You know, it might be a myth to think that we can raise a child that's totally balanced, but it isn't. On the one hand, there are children that kind of achieve a very high level of good balance in their life and are honorable children and are a pride and a joy to their parents. On the other hand, there are children that fall far short of the mark. And obviously, there are many in between. But it's a place to strive. It's an objective to strive for. It's a goal to strive for as parents. To see if we can bring about a family life, a child from the family that would be considered well-balanced. What is a well-balanced child? What are the characteristics? What are the traits? What are the factors that make up a child that is well-balanced? Let's take a look at some of them today. Okay? First of all, a well-balanced child has a clear identity with their roots, their lineage, both their maternal and their paternal side of the family. That is, they know their grandparents on the mother's side. They know the grandparents on the father's side. They know the great-grandparents. They know something of the great-great-grandparents. There's a lineage. There's a kind of a, a, a pattern of life that flows from great-grandparents and grandparents and parents down to the children and, and so on down through life. That they, are, they know about that and it's talked about and that there's a sense of pride, there's a sense of pleasure, there's a sense of accomplishment when you look at the lineage of the family, what are the strong marks? What are the characteristics? What are the traits that have come down through the family line? Is this a family line that is business-oriented? Is this a family line that is health-oriented or educationally-oriented? Serving others or serving self or whatever it might be. What is the identity of the family? They, a well-balanced child appreciates, understands, and knows the family line going back on both sides of family. And in the case of divorce, it's even more complicated because then in a remarriage situation, there's a whole other set of families that need to be understood in a lineage of parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and so on of that particular parent. So it can be complicated, but a child appreciates, understands, and knows their background. Okay, number two. The soil of a childhood is the understanding and appreciation of their cultural, their ethnic, their linguistic, their religious backgrounds and heritage. Not only do you know the people in your background, but you know the culture of the background. If you grew up Swedish, you know the Swedish culture. If you're Mexican, you know the Mexican culture. If you're Italian, you know the Italian culture. You know, and so on. So there's a kind of a cultural knowledge 
There's a linguistic. Now, what is a language? What are the languages of that particular culture? And why your particular line has a preference for one language as compared to another? Or engages in certain cultural uh, traditions as compared to other ones? What's the religious heritage of the people from which you come? The countries from which your people come? Talk about these things. Read about these things. Educate, teach your children about their cultural and their religious and their ethnic history and heritage. Number three, a child's environment is composed of many, many social forces, many pressures and expectations upon them. That is, you have your expectations as parents. Grandparents have their expectations. The peer group has their expectations. Teachers have their expectations. The church has its expectations on a child. In other words, a child comes with many, many different expectations on them. And your job as a parent is to take all those expectations and blend them together and help the child pick and follow the good ones, the ones that are wholesome and healthy and are productive and kindly and considerate for other people. The world is social. We pick up social cues. We pick up social influence and social pressure. And make sure that you as a parent are aware of those. And you talk about them. And you discuss those with your children. So that they are picking up the proper social pressure. And discarding the social pressure and influence that is contrary. And contrary to your values as a family. Fourthly, a children's sonar system, if you think of it that way, is a sense of their consciousness, their sense of their morality, their values, their priorities in life. Do you teach values? Do you teach morality? Do you teach the uh, attitudes and the priorities that you want your children to live with and to grow on and to utilize as they mature and as they develop their own independent lives? What is the morality of your family? What is, the mora- what is the attitude of your family? What is the value system of your family? What is the cultural values of your family that you want your children to uh, engage in and to accept and to endorse and to become part of as they grow up? In other words, these things are talked about. These things are lived out. These things are displayed in front of them. It's proper to talk about morality. It's proper to talk about the priorities in life, and what's important to you as a family, what's not important. Every family has its own values. Every family has its own priorities. What are yours? You talk about them. Fifthly, a children's sense of destination. That is their future. Their their final objectives is developed through learning what we call goal-directed behavior. Learning what we call purposeful living. Learning what we call long-term planning. You see, as a parent, you are to teach long-term planning. You're to teach a goal-directed behavior. Help the children identify a goal and then work towards it and achieve it and then celebrate it and then do it again and then do it again. Small goals, intermediate steps along the way, if you will. But let the goals be important to children so that they can uh, direct their life towards goals and achieve them and get that sense of accomplishment that they have a goal and that they can work towards it. 
and that they can plan the future that way. Their future can be goal-directed. Their future can be goal-directed is what they're going to do within the next couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years. Why are they going to school? Why are they going to college? What is the long-term plan for that? What are the goal-directed behaviors that you are trying to teach your children? Identify them and talk about them and bring them before the children regularly. Also, the communication system, number six, the communication system of a child needs to be developed. That is, they need to learn how to be assertive. They need to learn how to be outspoken. They, learn how to, they need to learn how to express their feelings, to express their ideas, to express the experiences they've had, to tell stories, to share incidences, to tell what's happened in their life, to have opinions and to share those opinions with you as a family. Let them express their preferences. Let them engage in the choices of life so that they can learn how to choose one over another or to communicate why they have a particular choice or a preference for activity or people they're spending time with or uh, books they like to read or activities that they're engaged in on a day-to-day -day basis. That is, help the children, help your children communicate, to be outspoken, to be assertive, to be uh, a voice to be heard, not just somebody that sits along the sidelines. Number seven, the global world of children is very, very much real. Children interact with people from all over the world these days. In a lot of ways, the world has come to your doorstep. It isn't that you just necessarily travel around the world. The world has come to you. And help your children appreciate that. Help your children engage with people from other parts of the world, from other countries, from other cultures, from other ethnic backgrounds, from other language backgrounds. Encourage your children to be part of the world in which they live and to engage in those that have come into their life, some in their schoolroom, some in their community, their neighborhood, their church, their social club, or wherever it might be. These are opportunities to meet people from different parts of the world, engage with them, learn their ways, learn their attitudes, learn their value systems, learn their language, learn their preferences, and then share yours so that they learn your ways of life as much as you learn theirs. Number eight, children have cheerleaders. Parents are the cheerleaders. They have to, cheerleaders instill motivation. Cheerleaders encourage. Cheerleaders help people persist through the difficult times to succeed and to achieve the very best that they can. Are you a cheerleader for your child? Do you compliment? Do you praise? Do you approve? Do you actually celebrate successes? Do you actually celebrate opportunities? Do you help people through the hard times? Do you help your children through the hard times by encouraging them and being with them and being supportive and just being there and caring? Parents are cheerleaders. And number nine, it's important as a parent to teach children through mottos, through adages, through verses, through quotes, through Bible verses, through poetry, through various phrases. Help the children get a sense of their future, get a sense of themselves. A lady told me the other day that she has taught her child over and over again, don't be low-hanging fruit and don't reach for the low-hanging fruit. Reach for the high-hanging fruit. Be a fruit that's high-hanging. The analogy of the agricultural world, 
The low-hanging fruit is easy to get to. It's probably not the best fruit. Be that fruit that is desirable. That's maybe even a little harder to get. But be a high-hanging fruit person. Somebody else has said the phrase, don't run up the stairs and don't run down people. That was a phrase taught their children. In other words, be kind to people. Be considerate to others. And just be a, a kindly, generous, um, happy, and supportive person to others. And then number 10, and lastly, a children's peer group and classroom represents the place of social influence, the place of social learning, the place of leadership learning. Children learn their leadership skills in the home, first of all, when they're asked to take on chores and to uh, take on duties and to uh, express their opinions and to uh, take lead in certain activities. But they also learn their leadership in the classroom and they are given chores and opportunities to be a leader of a small group, to be a team captain, if you will, on the playground, to be a team captain. That's when you learn leadership skills. At first, they don't go very well, but over time, they improve. But a well-balanced child is one that has leadership skills and has that opportunity to influence others, to be in a place of influence uh, for others. So, what about a well-balanced child? Yes, it is possible. It's a tough one. It takes time. It takes the lifetime of a parent working with a child. And you have to remember this. A parent's job is never completed. A parent may give a child a little bit more freedom, a little more independence, but that parent is still there, still guiding, still instructing, still encouraging, still supporting, and still setting some boundaries. Children would need that at all ages. But what's important is that your child grow up to be well-balanced in a world that is not well-balanced. And that's the tough one. You don't want your child to just go along with what they see in the classroom. Go along with what they see in the playground. Go along with what they see in the streets. Particularly today what we see in the streets. We don't want that. But what we want is children who are able to rise above it and to be a person of influence and a person of support you know, for others. Well, this has been the Psychology Report and I'm Dr. Alan Hedberg. Now, before I go... Let me just again remind you, my website, booksbyhedberg.com, booksbyhedberg.com. There's two books in there I'd like to draw your attention to today. One is my book, Doctor, Teach Me to Parent. In this topic that we've been talking about today, helping your child be well-balanced is in that book. And you can get some guidelines, you can get some help from that book to help you become an effective parent and an intentional parent. Bringing up your child to be well-balanced in a world that's not so well-balanced. So you can get that book through the website. The second book in my website would be Jonathan Edwards, A Life Well-Lived. Jonathan Edwards was probably the most famous and most intelligent and articulate and uh, contributory uh, American that's ever lived. Born in 1703. And tomorrow's his birthday. So, I'd like you to take a look at that book, Jonathan Edwards, A, well a Life Well-Lived. It's an excellent example of a father and a mother who raised 11 children, 
all who became leaders of the country of the world, all who have marks of tremendous social impact on our world as it grew and developed from the 17 to 1800s, the 1900s, and even on into today. The two books are Dr. Teach Me to Parent and Jonathan Edwards, A Life Well Lived. They're available on my website, booksbyhedberg.com. So, nice to be with you today, and we'll see you again. This has been the Psychology Report.